and welcome to 360 Nourishment with me, Sophie Trotman. The show for those who want to improve their health in a balanced and joyful way. If that's you, then keep on listening. Hello and welcome back to episode four. I'm so happy to be with you all on what will be Friday morning. I was actually meaning to record this on Wednesday along with a couple of other podcasts because I'm going to be out of Lisbon next week. And then all of a sudden there was just this awful building work either side of my apartment, so I wasn't able to do it. And all of a sudden it's Thursday evening and I thought I've got to record tomorrow's podcast, so here we are. I had an amazing time with my family, uh, my brother, mother and father, my sister's working in South Korea at the moment, were in Cascais, just kind of a half hour drive up the road from Lisbon. And what was really exciting was that my mother had actually arranged for some of my dad's well, both of their best friends to visit us in Lisbon and surprise him. So he had no idea and you'll be able to see it on, I added a reel uh, on Instagram, at Sophie Trotman Nutrition on Instagram, by the way. And he was so surprised. If you look at the reel, I slowed down his reaction so we can see it properly. And you know when people say someone jumps out of their skin, that is literally what he did. And he was so happy and it was just an amazing few days. We had some really nice meals while everyone was here. So we went to Gunpowder, Lisbon. Gunpowder is one of my favourite restaurants in London and it's an Indian restaurant. I think there's a few of them in London and they opened in Lisbon last year and it's a fusion between Indian and Portuguese cuisine. And obviously there's a lot of history between those two countries anyway. And it's just delicious. I mean, their prawns are absolutely divine. They do this prawn toast, which is lightly fried and just words can't do it justice. Have a look at my Instagram. I uploaded a carousel post with all of that in. And then we went to Cantinho de José Aviles in Cascais. I will add the names of these restaurants, by the way, to the description below. And that was delicious. They've also got one in Lisbon and it was stunning food, really good service. And then on Sunday, I took them to my one of my favourite beach restaurants, which is a real favourite um, amongst everyone here. And it's called Praia Princesa. And I really recommend if you're in Lisbon for the weekend doing a long beach lunch there at some point. It's just down the road in Caparica, so it's about a 15-20 minute Uber from Lisbon. Although actually, if you get it at rush hour down for Sunday lunch, it is a, a little bit longer. But the food is absolutely delicious. So yeah, we had such a good time. Right, moving on to the topic of the podcast today. So today I'll be providing you with some of my top tips to help support your immune system and avoid those common colds which seem to be so prevalent at this time of year. This was actually a request from one of my best friends, Nikki, that I was at school with and she just wants to know how she can really support her immune system and try to avoid these pesky colds, which are so common at this time of year in the UK and other countries, obviously. Number one is to ensure that you're getting enough vitamin C. So vitamin C is crucial for supporting the immune system. It has antioxidant and anti-inflammatory properties as well. And how do we get vitamin C through the diet then? Well, most of you will probably be thinking of oranges or orange juice. That's typically what we associate with vitamin C, isn't it? Even on vitamin C supplement packs, there'll be an orange. But actually, you know, a cup of chopped red bell pepper has three times the amount of vitamin C as an orange. Broccoli as well, you know, I love broccoli. I have broccoli actually probably about four times a week. Uh, Broccoli is an amazing source of vitamin C as well. 
Thyme, parsley, spinach, kiwi are just some other examples of foods which contain vitamin C. So we want to be ensuring that we're getting enough of these foods in the diet. So every day make sure that you have multiple sources of vitamin C. And vitamin C is important for so many other aspects of our health. One that pops to the top of my head is for your skin health. Vitamin C is so important. You know, lots of us will have vitamin C serum that we might apply to our skin. But it's really important to be eating your vitamin C as well. Not the serum, by the way, the food. <laughs> what I will do as well is if I feel myself coming down with something, like a bit of a cold, what I will do is for the next five to seven days is I'll take a high dose vitamin C supplement. And often I find that that means that the cold doesn't even come on really. Uh, so obviously everyone's supplement needs are different and you should always consult with your healthcare professional, but that is something that works for me and I've seen it work with some of my clients. Number two is ensure that you're drinking enough water each day and staying hydrated. Look, I know I bang on about this, but it's because it's so important for every single aspect of our health. You know, in terms of the immune system, it helps the blood circulate key nutrients that are supportive for our immune system. It also helps to maintain mucous membranes moisture, which helps to act as a barrier to pathogens. And there's so much other stuff that it helps with, obviously, in relation to immunity. So we want to be drinking around two litres of water a day and remember that non-caffeinated herbal teas do count towards your water count. So make use of those. Also, lots of those contain lots of beneficial antioxidants and plant compounds, which are supportive for our immune system anyway. And please don't let coffee be the first drink you have in the morning. Look, I got into a really bad routine of doing this over COVID myself. I was really looking forward to just kind of hopping out of bed or stumbling out of bed because I feel like I was so lethargic throughout COVID, not really leaving the house. Obviously, most of us felt a bit lethargic. Uh, so yeah, hopping wasn't happening, but stumbling out of bed and I would just hit that coffee machine and have that coffee. And it did bring me a lot of joy, but I mean, let's do a whole other episode on coffee and actually why most of us should be eating before coffee anyway. But before we eat as well what we need to be doing is drinking water we wake up in the morning after sleeping and we're so dehydrated because most of us don't really drink water throughout the night and so what you do when you have a coffee first thing or an english breakfast tea is caffeine actually acts as a diuretic meaning it makes you go and do a wee so it is dehydrating so just make sure that water is the first thing you drink in the morning i recommend having a large glass of water you know one of those pint-sized glasses not very fashionable you're not going to find them in soho home but you know a solid amount of water keep that next to your bed so when you wake up in the morning you just grab that potter about whatever that's the first thing you drink and because it's room temperature it will be easy to drink and easier on your digestion first thing in the morning. Also remember that a lot of vegetables have a high water content so all the more reason to be eating your vegetables. Number three is eating a really diverse diet. So what we know now is that most of our immune system is housed in our gut. So looking after our gut health is of the utmost importance when it comes to supporting our immune system. And the most important thing when it comes to supporting our gut health is eating a really diverse diet. And in terms of diversity, the most research has been done in terms of promoting a wide diversity of plant-based foods. So, you know, current recommendations are to eat around 30 different plant foods each week. Although we know that actually, if you do increase that, you will likely experience some benefits. And again, we need another podcast episode on this. So I keep on writing these ideas down, but 
you might be thinking, okay, Sophie, 30, are you, are you okay? You know, I can't even name 30 different fruit and veg. But actually, if you think, look, it's not just fruit and vegetables. Although I do encourage you if you just eat sweet potato, cauliflower and cucumber each week on repeat, I do really encourage you to explore with other recipes. But, you know, nuts and seeds, these count as plant points. So I encourage pretty much all of my clients to buy a mixed pack of seeds. You know, these will typically have around six different seeds in them. Whole grains as well. So if you typically always opt for white rice, why don't you buy in some quinoa, some buckwheat and rotate them? Then that's three different plant points. There's lots of little hacks we can do and we're going to have an episode on how to diversify your diet. But those are some, hopefully some suggestions that will get you on your way over the next week. Number four is to stay active. So regular exercise can enhance immune function by promoting good circulation. So try to move your body in some way each day. And no, that doesn't mean doing a intense boot camp class each day. But, you know, we want to be getting our steps in and walking and do try and have a slightly more jumpy movement, you know, a few times a week as well, because what we want to be doing is shaking up that lymph and also improving the circulation. So just another reason to exercise. And actually, it must be said that you can definitely exercise too much or do too much intense exercise, which we know can raise our cortisol levels, which can suppress our immune system. So just tune in with yourself and think, you know, am I doing too much or am I okay? And if you've got any questions about that, any concerns, I would consult with a healthcare professional because sometimes it's hard to tell. Number five is to limit sugar intake. So what we know is that excessive blood sugar spikes can suppress the immune system and cause inflammation. So we need to be careful. And often when working with clients, reducing sugar in the diet is one of the trickiest things, you know, especially if you've got a sweet tooth. Like myself, for example, you know, I'm much more of a biscuit girl as opposed to a crisp girl. I mean, I can really... I can really leave crisps, they're not my thing. Anyway, going off on a tangent there. So in terms of reducing sugar in your diet, you've got the more obvious sources of sugar in your diet. So you've got the biscuits, you've got the Colin the Caterpillar cake in the office. (laughs) That always used to be a favourite of mine. Loads of people like having their head though. I I don't like that. I like having one of the middle sections. Uh, I need a good amount of Smarties though in it. Anyway, so those foods are more obvious and actually if you're someone who sits at your desk or kind of wherever you are and has a lot of those foods each day what I would advise you to do is try to reduce these by always having something to look forward to essentially so if I was to work with you in clinic what I would say is you know if you're eating these foods every day I might say to you and obviously everyone's different but this is an approach I've used quite a bit, is I would say, okay, if you're having chocolate every day, why don't we start by scheduling in a sweet treat every other day? And we'll do that for the next week or 10 days. So you're not having it every day and you're getting used to not having it every day. And of course we will make sure we've got lots of healthy snacks in the fridge at home or at work. So you're not going to be hungry and it's not gonna be too difficult you can just replace on those other days but at least you can look at your google calendar and I encourage people to write it in their google calendar at least you can look at your google calendar and think okay I'm not having it today this feels a bit uncomfortable but actually I'm gonna have it tomorrow and then slowly whistling that down until you know maybe it's that you just have a sweet treat 
once a week. Maybe it's that you put in your calendar that on Saturday I'm going to go to my favourite cafe down the road and get that amazing slice of carrot cake, you know, with a friend, a partner, a child, a dog, or by yourself with a podcast. And I'm going to really enjoy that. And that's going to be great, as opposed to more mindless uh, very easy to do, even even I do it sometimes, uh, but it is mindless when you're just on back-to-back Zoom calls and having the biscuits snacking. So that is one of my top tips when it comes to reducing sugary snacks in your diet. But equally, don't be disheartened if this is not easy for you. You know, it's not easy for anyone and it can take a long time. But that is an idea that you might want to try out. And if you do try out and if it does work for you or if you're sensing any improvements, do message me on Instagram because I always love to hear from you. And then you've got the less obvious sources of sugar in your diet. So sometimes yogurts have a lot of sugar added in, especially the fat-free yogurts, because when you take the fat out of food products, you take a lot of the taste out of the food products. You know, there's a reason why chefs cook with so much butter, for example. So often they'll replace that with added sugar. Condiments can also be extremely sugary as well. So you want to be opting for condiments which have less sugar in. Actually, there's a brand which springs to mind. I think it's called Hunter and Gather. It's based in the UK. So let me find the name and I'll add it to the show notes. But they do healthy versions of all the condiments. Because who doesn't love a condiment? But, you know, actually, if you look at the back of the pack for ketchup, it has a lot of sugar in. That's why it's so tasty, obviously. Pasta sauces and stir-fry sauces can be very sugary as well. So if you can, make your own. Or if not, just check the back of the pack to see that it doesn't have too much sugar added. Sometimes if I don't have time to make a stir-fry sauce and I'm picking it up from the shop, what I'll do is I will just use a little bit of it. I'm not going to use the whole pack because actually I just find that too sweet anyway. But you can always just moderate the portion size. Number six is prioritizing sleep. So sleep is vital for a strong immune system as this is when the body repairs and regenerates. So most of us will be wanting to aim for seven to nine hours of sleep a night to ensure optimal immune function. So there's lots of things you can do in terms of improving your sleep. If you came into my clinic and you said, I can't sleep, my first question to you would be, tell me about your caffeine intake because that has a huge impact on sleep. So you might want to try going decaf or just cutting down and switching to herbal teas, but that has a huge impact on sleep. It's had a huge impact on my sleep and lots of my clients as well. First thing in the morning, are you getting outside? That really helps to regulate our circadian rhythms, even if it's just for five minutes. You might want to consider taking a magnesium supplement if you're not sleeping very well. Magnesium glycinate is an amazing form of magnesium for sleep. Make sure you're going for a good brand though because magnesium unfortunately is one of those supplements that we need to pay a little bit more money for in order to get the correct quality. I was in the supermarket the other day at Aldi in Portugal and I saw a supplement, a magnesium supplement for €2.50 and I just thought that is not going to do anything There's some supplements you can get away with not paying much for at all, and they really do do the job. But when it comes to magnesium, that's just a heads up. And also remember to talk with your healthcare professional to check whether magnesium will be appropriate for you because, you know, depending on your disease state or any supplements or medication you're currently on, it might not be well suited. Magnesium is a real fave of mine. Also, I know there's so much on social media in terms of 
morning and bedtime routines and it's easy to just dismiss it as a whole waste of time but actually anyone who has a proper bedtime routine will tell you how powerful it is and it doesn't need to be extremely strict at all it's just a wind down moment even things as simple as a nighttime lavender spray on your pillow can really signal to your mind that it's time to sleep you know making sure that you turn the tv off quite a bit before bed reading in bed, dimming the lights, all of these things really help. Number seven is stress management. So you may have noticed when you've been going through periods of stress that you're a lot more likely to get run down and that's because chronic stress can suppress the immune system, unfortunately. So I encourage you to think about, you know, what's in your stress management toolkit? What helps you feel a bit more calm? What helps regulate your nervous system? And just get the notes app up in your phone or if you are someone who writes stuff down, I mean, can't relate, uh, my handwriting is so messy. But if you are someone who writes stuff down, just write down, you know, a few things that help you feel good. Because often in those moments of stress, we really forget what helps us feel good and helps us feel calm. Just that's just one idea, you know, also making sure that you actually schedule in self-care throughout the week. Uh, you know, having boundaries, saying no, getting professional help if you need it. So I'm a huge advocate of therapy. All of these things, you know, it's not just one thing, but the point is that stress has a huge impact on your immune system. So we absolutely can't have this podcast episode without touching upon this. And obviously some parts of our life will just be naturally more stressful than others. You know, the ebbs and flows of life. But just tune in and reflect maybe after this podcast and see whether you want to implement anything to hopefully take a little bit of the load off. Number eight is to ensure that you're getting enough vitamin D. So yes, there are some sources of vitamin D, dietary sources like oily fish and eggs, but we can't get anywhere near enough just from food. So it needs to be from sunlight or If you're in the UK or a country with a similar climate, you will need to supplement. So what we know in the UK is that from October to April, the sun is too weak for the body to make vitamin D. So I encourage you to look into vitamin D supplementation now. We know that low status of vitamin D is associated with reduced immune response and also increased risk of autoimmunity. And I recommend doing a vitamin D test just so you can see what your requirement is because we all have different requirements and then you can supplement accordingly. So there you have it. I hope those tips helped and it was great to speak with you again today. Now, are we connected? Because if not, we need to be connected on Instagram. I'm at Sophie Trotman Nutrition on Instagram. I'll put a link in the show notes. I'm also going to put a link in my show notes to sign up to my mailing list as well. And please remember to rate and review this show. I know that everyone says it, but it does really help. You know, it helps push us up in the algorithm or whatever it is working on these podcast apps but I think the most important thing is that it serves as a lot of encouragement for me to continue so thanks so much have a lovely week and yeah I'm still keeping up with the healthy habits from last week I wonder if any of you are doing your own kind of healthy habits over the next 30 days but keep going with that I hope you're feeling good and see you on Monday goodbye